Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the show. Unscripted has now become my favorite place to hang out, as I hope it's become your favorite place to hang out. You know, you can tune in twice a week to listen to episodes that drop both Wednesday and Friday. And if you haven't joined our email list, our newsletter, we send out those episodes to you straight into your inbox. You don't have to go look for them. They get dropped in your inbox with just a little blurb about what each episode is about to see if it's for you, if it's something you want to tap into and listen on your morning walk or your drive to work. Um, just try to make getting you the the podcast as easy as possible. Today's guest was amazing. Meredith Arthur is the chief of staff for Pinterest Product Innovation Lab, where she gets to work on new products like Shuffles, which as she explained in this episode, you'll hear is a way to make the product in the pictures move. So I can't even, it's an, an animation app. And I just love that Pinterest is doing such innovative things. We also went down the rabbit hole at the end of the episode around how Pinterest can be such a strong platform to put content out there. And so she shared with me some resources that Pinterest has, like Pinterest TV and the creator courses and meetups that they have for people who want to get onto Pinterest and to learn more about how you can use Pinterest to grow your platform. That was my favorite part of this episode. That's towards the end of the episode. But in the beginning, we talked a lot about her new book that's out now, Get Out of My Head, which is inspiration for overthinkers in an anxious world. She shared in the episode what kind of happened to her and how she became aware of the things that she was dealing with that had gone undiagnosed for quite some time in her life. And through that discovery, she was able to make massive changes and now shares all about what she does to overcome that stuff and to stop overthinking and to create some tools and resources for some of us who may also be overthinkers. Uh, I love this episode. I loved how real and raw she got talking about her journey and just how she opened up at the end around still having imposter syndrome when it came to writing a book about something that she knew a lot about. And it's just my reminder, and I hope yours too, that we don't have to have it all figured out before we help people. We don't have to have it all figured out before we can share our own perspective. What you know and what you have lived through can help people. So I just want to remind you that before you dive into this episode today, but if Pinterest is something you are not utilizing, be sure to tune into the last part of this episode to catch all about how you can be utilizing it. Welcome back to Unscripted. I'm excited to have today's guest on to share with us some things that I know nothing about. So that's always my favorite, right? When I can come into an episode where I'm like, teach me all the things. And Meredith Arthur is the chief of staff for Pinterest Product Innovation Lab, where she works on new products like Shuffles and a dynamic collage-based app and How We Feel, winner of Apple's 2022 App of the Year Award for Cultural Impact. Her book, Get Out of My Head, Inspiration for Overthinkers in an Anxious World is out now. Now, I'm just going to repeat that. Her book, Get Out of My Head, is Inspiration for Overthinkers in an Anxious World. I'm putting my hand up because that- Yeah, I was going to say, Jess, I'm sure you do know about some of the things I'm going to talk about because I'm sure- I like to play the, the, the student who doesn't know anything because I feel like if I go in with a really open mind, it helps me just like learn things rather than thinking I know what I'm talking about and being like, oh yeah, I know that already. So but either way, Meredith, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk with you today. 
Well, thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. Yes. That's funny. I love that you just auto-checked me there and been like, you probably do know some things. I mean, as you were saying it, I was like, Jess, you definitely do know about this stuff. <laughs> Listen, I will fake that shit till I make it because that is how I am right now. No qualms about that. My mom's always like, put your lipstick on and fake it till you make it. And some people hate that. Some people like it. And I think it helps build that confidence to like, you know, just try new things. And when it comes to online and social media and anything really online for me, it's not how I built my business. I came from the old school brick and mortar guerrilla marketing where you actually went out and talked to people. I didn't have to do any of this stuff. I didn't, you know, podcasts didn't exist yet. There was talk radio that annoyed me as a kid. My mom would listen to in the car. Um, But there wasn't online social media marketing like there is. And so there are so many different platforms and avenues of to which we can grow and share things, which is probably why this book is so needed because we now are inundated with so much information that I think it causes a lot of stress and anxiety and it causes people to overthink the fuck out of everything. So I don't even know where to start or what questions to ask you. Can you just share some insight as to who you are? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I, um, I also remember the pre-podcast days. I started my career in New York. I worked in book publishing. It was a really long time ago. But I was so anticipatory of podcasts without realizing it that I would get books on tape and listen to them as I walked to and fro. It was like I was waiting for podcasts. Like, when will they be invented? Right. They already they were, but they weren't, right? A book with book on yeah, exactly. free podcast. Yeah. So um, I am, I work in the tech industry. I have for a really long time. That surprises me. I didn't sort of wouldn't have imagined if you'd asked me at age 25, are you going to have a career in tech? Like that did not necessarily seem like that was going to be where I landed, but I found myself really drawn to people doing interesting things and looking to tell stories and reach people in new ways. And that has just always led me through tech again and again. So I worked at a lot of different places. I worked at, um, I helped start a magazine about food which was then acquired. And I ended up working at CBS as a video producer for a bunch of years and then went to the Food Network. And then I went to a bunch of startups in a row. So I saw lots of different startup life um, with lots of different use cases and needs. And in the middle of that um, was about to turn 40. I was 39. It was July, about to be July 4th. And I was let go from one of the startups. I was let go from three startups in one year. So I was let go from one of the startups and the guy who was letting me go said, it seems like you are depressed. And he was saying this from a kind place in his heart. His intention was to help me. And I knew that he, what he was saying was true, but I didn't know what it meant and um, had a life long set of migraines, um, physical pain, nausea, all this different stuff. And within a week and a half was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, turned 40 and left a startup. And that was this big turning point in my life. And so then there was like a whole new change and different life after that. Started a website called Beautiful Voyager for people, pleasers, overthinkers, and perfectionists. And then, and and sort of a community space. And then just started to incorporate this work really separate from my career. So my career was going along and I was doing this and eventually they connected at Pinterest. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love stories like this. Um, I don't love the story about the fact that you 
I mean, it's an insight, right? It's it like, is. I was thrilled to learn it when she told me I had no, like, I was not, I didn't come with any stigma around this. I was just shocked. I was, I was shocked. I had known ahead of time. I had never, no one ever gave me this information about myself. My husband had even said, will you ask your therapist if anxiety could be at play? And I asked my therapist and she said, uh, no more anxiety than anyone else. And so I was just really, it was, it, I had gone to five therapists, no one spotted it. So that's why I do this. Like, I really, I'm just trying to reach the many other people out there who are high functioning, um, kind of overachiever type people who believe that they can just push through any problem and gain control of it and fix it. Because there always comes a point in your life where you can't do that anymore. Maybe it's because you have kids and you're trying to like do all the things at once, or maybe you're just hitting career obstacles or, you know, whatever that may be. Maybe it's death in the family, but, um, these it's really, I think there's a lot more awareness now than there was seven years ago that, you know, mind body connection, mental health affects physical health. But when I started, it was just everyone, in my world was surprised I was even talking about these things. It was just a very, they were like, you're not going to get another job. <gasps> you're not going to get a job. You're going to lose your job. If you talk about this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, for sure. I could see that for sure. And most people say it the other way, your physical health health helps with your mental health, but you know that working on your mental health can drastically change your physical health. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Because I get, I get, Quite a few people, maybe from the fitness background that use, you know, the term health, physical health and prioritizing, you know, food and stuff that you put in your body before and, and saying that it'll help with the mental versus the other way. Can you share with us that perspective? Yeah, for me, that was a matter of having lots of different symptoms and chronic issues that I just couldn't figure out what the reason was. And I had given up. I mean, I'd gone to so many different doctors and every kind of new, new wave, new age type of doctor, or I don't know, I had tried everything basically. And so I had just sort of given up that um, my migraines and other issues could be improved. I mean, I was taking meds and everything, but it, you know, it just seemed like a chronic condition. And it wasn't really until I saw a neurologist, it wasn't a therapist who diagnosed me, a neurologist who said, I work with a lot of people in Silicon Valley and I see this over and over. And most people, when I tell them, won't listen to me, <laughs> but I listened the second she said it. So really it was, it's, I always see physical health as so intertwined, which it is with emotional well-being and mental health that physical health can be almost like an objective reality that helps you understand what's happening with your mental health. For me, at least. For sure. No, that makes complete sense. And I'm sure it's resonating with somebody listening right now, because I know that to be pretty prevalent, even in the beauty industry where I come from, I know a lot of people dealing with that, but the outside face of working with clients is kind of how they hide behind and not address that. But you can see it in the form of physical ailments between migraines um, and many of them struggling with, you know, carpal tunnel or different symptoms of the body 
that I look and think you work half as much as me. You shouldn't have that yet. You, you've only been doing it here for five years. That's not normal to be there. What else is going on? Yeah. The one thing I remember right after I was diagnosed is I would talk to people and I'd say like, do you sleep okay at night? And, and I heard from so many people like, well, I have a couple of whiskeys and smoke a joint and then I can sleep. And I'm like, that's, you're like self-medicating to try to deal with stress. And it's amazing how much people just thought that was normal. You know, just so many people, if I would say that they were like, yeah, that's me. Of course, of course I would, I do those things every single night and um, not for enjoyment, just to get to sleep. So I just think that's a real telltale. A hundred percent. No, I can think of a few people off the top of my head who that is just normal. That's a normal way to wind down. It, it is not an issue for them. That's just their, their coping mechanism. Okay. So talk us through how you ended up with Pinterest and what are the things you're working on over there now? And what can we learn from this? I'm so excited. Yeah. I, um, I was very lucky. I was hired by one of the co-founders of Pinterest who was looking for someone who had content experience, which I had worked in content for many years, product experience, which in tech is just what we build is the product and then mental health experience. And so I was like, this is, I can't, this has to be me. There can't be anyone else that is, that is this, you know, unusual Venn diagram of, of interests and experience. So um, was very lucky when he brought me on to work on, on prototypes and very early stage products. And through that work, I was connected with the other founder and landed working on the app, How We Feel, which is now launched and it's a free emotion tracking app, free to everyone. Um, it's through a nonprofit that that co-founder uh, created. And then I, um, you know, basically landed as chief of staff of the product innovation lab where we work on lots of different new ideas and new products. And my experience with startups was a really good fit for this kind of work. Definitely. So what's the difference, would you say, in the space that you get to work in now versus where you were working before? Is it, do you think it's better for your mental health being in this space where you're at? Yeah, I, I am. A, I think a lot of it is a few things happening at once. One is a lot of self-knowledge. So it took time for me to learn that I, and I've done a lot of those personality tests, like corporate personality tests and learned that I'm very strongly in the inspire category. So I, I'm great with uh, chaos and ambiguity. And I'm good where there are new ideas and people are a little unsure. The zero to one space is the space that I love. And in a lot of my past jobs, if I was put in a like one to a hundred, so like we've already figured everything out and you just scale it, that is not the right space for me to be in. Um, and I'm very appreciative of people who are in that space. Cause I think it's a great partnership. Um, so, you know, and also I had like pivoted numerous times between roles. Like I, I didn't know, was I a content person, but if I'm a content person, I don't have enough say over like how we reach people and how do I get out into the world? And so moved into product and, and it took a long time for me to understand what I was really good at, what my producer soul like could make happen and what I could let go of and trust other people. The thing that I always have been very strong at, I think is finding the kinds of teams I like working with and connecting with those teams. So I feel really lucky now to be in a job where 
I'm with people that I think are smarter than I am. I think that's like one of the greatest things in the world. So I'm very inspired by the team I get to work with. And um, I get to, to be sort of to play to my strengths around protecting innovation, like how, how innovation happens. How do we come up with new ideas? How do we start to follow through on them? What do we let go of? So a lot of space, a lot of stuff in the mindset category around innovation. Very cool. Super cool. So what are some things that Pinterest is working on right now? Is there anything that we don't know about or the things that we can capitalize on that maybe are not being used as they should on Pinterest? I don't think anyone would be surprised anywhere to hear that every single tech company is thinking about generative AI. So chat GPT is something that I'm sure you've heard about. It's being talked about constantly. Basically, every company is trying to understand what the future looks like. It's as big of a technology change as mobile phones were um, or as Web 1.0 was. So these are these are just sort of seismic changes. And I think, you know, everyone is, is trying to understand what does that mean for our pinner experience. I work very closely, as you mentioned earlier, on shuffles, which is... Um, a, an animated dynamic mood boarding app that uh, Gen Z is very into. Um, and when it launched, we were in beta and it just caught fire on TikTok and everyone wanting codes to get in early. And now it's open in the US and in Canada and in other English speaking countries. And we just expanded to nine new markets internationally. So wow, it's a really interesting fun app to play with. Very cool. I know nothing about it. Can you enlighten some of the listeners if they too don't know what it is or if they do utilizing it? Yeah. So the idea is that you can take a photo, either a photo that you're taking right now at the moment or a photo from your camera roll and isolate elements in that photo. So let's say you want to just have this mug, you know, this is a photo of me with this mug and then you can isolate this mug and then you can start moving it around and play with it. And then maybe you want to add something else in and you want to animate. So if you wanted to create for the unscripted podcast, for example, like a special animation with all of these different elements and all this different information, like I could put my book up and have it bounce around or have it move or have it evolve. It's a, it's just a really fun, creative tool. It sounds awesome. So how are people utilizing things like this in showing up on social or growing their business or their brand? So it's a free tool that everyone can use and it's, it's making what used to be very difficult video editing really simple for people. So Again, if you wanted to show your top five picks for if it's beauty, let's say, here's my skincare routine and here are the seven products I uh, that are my must haves. It's just a really great, simple visual that then you can learn more about those things by tapping in and going deeper. Oh, cool. So, okay, let's go back to Pinterest as the platform itself. Can we speak to that a little bit? Because I know that it's maybe one of the most underutilized platforms. People look at Instagram as being like the hub, but it's it's not, it should be Pinterest, right? Can, so can you speak to what Pinterest really actually is? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that people maybe 
are getting their heads around when it comes to Pinterest. And I would say one of the reasons is because it was always seen as like a female dominated brand and therefore it was under appreciated maybe by the larger industry. But the thing that is becoming really clear is that we're in an era where people are looking for how to re recharge their own creative energy, not just like have to push it out all the time, but like how to like learn and, and gain from their own private worlds. And Pinterest is a place that people come to and they really cherish the things that they've created and saved. There are many, many boards. There are many worlds of interest and our algorithms are so strong that if you're interested in like, goth core or something, you can go very deep in these different worlds. And, um, and so I think that one of the great things is seeing the trends come to life. Like every year we do Pinterest trends. We usually cover 10 to 18 upcoming trends. And then we judge ourselves based on how close we were to what we had come up with. And it's, it's incredibly high. I mean, I'm always, I'm always learning about new things that people are thinking about. So I would describe it as a place for creative recharge um, and inspiration. So if you're a creator and you're like think, trying to think about what you might want to talk about or, or, or cover, it's a great place to go to see who, who, who are the people that are interested in this and what are they like and what else are they saving? And so a good place to do some market research as well, if you're creating things. Definitely. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, talk to us about your book because I mean the title alone is resonating with me and I know so many of the listeners as well. So where where came the inspiration and motivation for you to actually write the book? Yeah, so I had been um as I mentioned that was sort of this watershed moment in my life when when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and I kept thinking why did I not know this? How could I be this far along in my life and have worked in all these environments that were knowledge centers and sort of places that I should have been close to information and not known this about myself. So again, I created this site, Beautiful Voyager, with the idea of understanding overthinking. I really wanted to know, is this something that is ubiquitous around the world? Like, how does this show up in different places? What are some of the traits of an overthinker? And what I learned was that many of us who are overthinkers don't necessarily well, we have a lot of sensitive traits that are in common, like awareness of visuals and being visually driven and, you know, sound and just different, different things that I kept learning were similar. But the other thing is the rhetoric around mental health isn't always appealing to us because we try to think our way through and push our way through everything. So if there's a problem, we just work extra hard. We don't think of it as worrying. We think of it as like problem solving. And so in working on the book, what I wanted to do was to show my perspective visually. And it's a very visual book. I worked with an artist who I was lucky enough to get to work on the design and the art of the book as well with this artist. Um, to show people how to feel, not just think. So it's really about getting out of out of your head as mentioned in the title and feeling a different way. So having these these ideas along with the feeling that the color and the art gave you moving through it. 
And then I had this idea for like this little extra book and there is an extra book. So it's a book and then there's another book in the back in a pocket. And the book in the back in the pocket is for what to do in moments of free floating anxiety. And it's supposed to just almost be like a little vitamin that you can, you know, just take with you on the go. I love that you called it a vitamin um, versus the pill. So it's it's the the non-prescription uh, um, back pocket resource. Yeah, just like, you know, I'm very interested in strategies to help people regulate their emotions. And I'm learning more all the time about the many strategies to experiment with as you try to figure out like what works for you. So um, it was sort of an experiment before I even had started working I didn't even use the term emotional regulation when I was working on it, but it was, that was the sort of feeling of what I was going for. I mean, I think now that you are using that term emotional regulation, I mean, I wish that was a more spoke about thing. I don't think you hear that term used very often. And um, I think so many people are overthinkers, right? I think it's, there's more of us than, than we, than we like to admit but a lot of us like to think our way out of things rather than feel our way out of things or to connect back to ourselves. Would you say that there's any tools or tricks in there to help us get out of our head and into our body versus, I mean, that's what the whole book oh, is. And fabulous. yes, there are so many. I'm so excited to read it. I'm, I was disappointed. I didn't have enough time to get it and read it. Before. Yeah, no, not at all. Don't even worry about it. The, um, but the idea of, for example, you know, I have exercises that I sort of, created or heard about. And I, I'll give it credit to everyone who from the community who shared exercises that work for them. But one of them is um, to look around and choose three colors and give them a name in the room and then choose the one whose name you like best that you just came up with. Now create a moment around that color. And that one came from I was working on something and my husband is my copy editor and he changed my red to London telephone booth red. And when he changed it to that, it was so evocative. And I, I like had a whole moment in time around this color that he described. And it's just a moment to get you feeling something. I mean, really all of it is just a moment to, you know, when people are like, visualize your safe place that never worked for me. But when I think, okay, think of a place you like now feel what the ground feels like under your feet and what does it smell like? And what does it taste like? All of a sudden it becomes much more real and helps you shift where your head is. Yes. So good. I pulled up some of your um, reviews on the book and I wanted to read this one because I feel like as the reader, we always get a dip, like every reader that reads your book is going to be in a different state. is going to be a dip, like state of mind, different place in their life and have different experiences around their perception of these words. Right. So this amazing review says, I love this read. I never considered myself to be an anxious person, but I do struggle with other stressors like overanalyzing people pleasing and comparing myself to others. I think that's the majority of anyone who listens to my show, which is neither good nor bad, but she writes, what's so great about this book is that it re it's really a thought starter. It's not meant to solve all your problems. Rather, it equips you with a set of tools and tips to try so you can see what works for you in your everyday life. The author wisely designed this guide to be small, to not overwhelm an already busy mind, to fit right in your palm so you can keep it handy wherever you find yourself in your head. 
When it arrived, I ripped open the package and began to browse the beautiful pages, but an hour later, I found I'd read it front to back. It's an easy and engaging read filled with relevant real-life examples and just enough science to back it up. Perfect to get the juices flowing and get you on your way to getting out of your way. Highly recommend. I love a great review. Whoever wrote that. That's such a good one. That is such a good one. And that, yes, that person really understood what I was after. The, The thing that pleased me so much because I am such a skeptic and, and I have a lot of like inner critic as we all do. And I kept thinking like, why would anyone want this? And then I'd have to like kill my inner critic to keep working on the book. And it, I was so happy and relieved that people understood what I was after, that I wasn't looking to just create another book that was already out there about anxiety. That was like a dense tome and also made me turned off like so many of the books that came before I was just very turned off by their descriptions and their visuals and this was to like ignite curiosity and exploration good I love that and it's funny thank you for sharing that you too have an inner critic and that just because you know what's helped you that you still didn't have some you know hesitations around writing a book about something it's it's so Everybody does. And I think that's one of the things. I mean, the creative process is very painful. It can be. Like, yeah. and, it, like, and you like go through it and you think, oh, I'm get- this is like, I'm in my groove. And then the next day you're out of it again. I mean, that's just part of the creative process, I think. It is. And it's fucking exhausting sometimes. And it's so exhausting. if you are a creative and you're listening, just know that we feel you. That's all. Yeah. We feel you. And some days be like that. Some days you're crying in the shower. The next day you're on cloud nine. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, literally all you have to try to do is to just keep showing up. Even when it's weird. Even, I mean, I remember working on the book and thinking like, this is, no one's going to want to read this. I mean, I just like, who's going to, am I, is this really, am I differentiated? Is anyone really going to get this? And like, it's just been such a pleasant surprise that people have. And it just is a reminder that if you're speaking really clearly to a clear to yourself to like somebody really specific it does tend to open up and reach a lot it can reach many people beyond you and I think that's the beautiful thing when we share our stories is we are all more alike than we give ourselves credit for you know we all think our problems are our own and we think we're the only ones dealing with x y or z but at the end of the day sharing your human experience is what connects all of us and it it does motivate one another to like make some changes or to hear that chronic headaches aren't normal or the fact that you, you know, have anxiety that is not necessarily something you just have to deal with. There are tools out there. There are resources there are other people who understand and getting in community with those people and being able to have conversations, even if it's through reading their words in a book is a great place to start. But it sounds like you have a lot more resources and support with your online community, with your website and, um, Thank you for doing the work that you're doing and not just keeping it all to yourself, because even if you can help one person with that book, which we know there's more than one person, you have many, many reviews on there. I think sharing those perspectives is what shifts and changes everybody for the better, right? We we all, we all need support. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one other thing I wanted to tell you about on my site. I have a map that's a map of overthinkers around the world. If you go to Bevoya, B-E-V-O-Y-A, you'll see the map. Um, I think if you scroll down, it's on every page, you can like tap into it. And it's a Google map that you can like go into and see exactly where the lighthouses are. So people erect for free lighthouses, and then they throw messages in a bottle to other overthinkers. So the blue ones are all messages in a bottle. 
And um, it's amazing to me to see just these things come in, like just from all over the place. Um, and it's just the idea is that, you know, you ha- you can light the way for other people um, through through creating com- community, really. That's amazing. And one of the ways you can create community is on Pinterest, which is what we're starting to explore more with my brand because it's one of those underused platforms I wasn't using enough. And one of your main um, salespeople for that, she's probably an un- unhired salesperson or whatever you call it, Jenna Kutcher. She is like such a proponent for Pinterest being the end all be all platform to share your message and keep content that stays up versus something that's on Instagram stories for 24 hours or a post. I love that point. Yeah. I love that point. And the other thing um, about Pinterest is that a lot of people see a ton of referral traffic to their sites. So I've had friends say, look, Pinterest is my number one refer, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm on there, you know, cultivating that. And I was like, yeah, it's your number one referral because people are really interested in what you're doing. So let's get you on there, like actually representing yourself instead of other people representing you. Yeah. Okay. So what if someone's listening to the show and they want to learn more about Pinterest? Are there great platforms or resources that Pinterest offers for us to learn how to use the platform? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I worked on launching Pinterest TV, which is live streaming on Pinterest. And there is a site with all the information about Pinterest TV, for example. So I think, I believe the URL is, and I should know this offhand, business.pinterest.com slash TV. Is this it? Yes. Oh no, Pinterest TV. Sorry. But if you Google Pinterest TV, you will find this URL that, that, and I can send it to you if you want to include it below. Sure. That would be great. So that's an example. Anyone can go live on Pinterest. It's just got a lot of intentionality around it. Um, and you can apply using that, that link. Um, and then, you know, there are also lots of other ways. I would, I would argue that shuffles is a great way to get started with Pinterest because you're reaching a a new hungry audience that's like let me let me create in new ways let me spend time creating let me be inspired by new ideas and um people keep saying that they they use shuffles to as an emotional regulation tool so it's a tool that makes them feel comfortable at the end of the day they want to relax they sit down and pinterest is like that too it's not an i have to do it it's a i want to do it i want to explore amazing okay you guys you heard it here go check out pinterest tv and check out shuffles i can't wait to see what you all create with tapping into a new um platform If, if you've been using pinterest i'd love to hear your takeaways or some of your strategies for growing your pinterest because i am trying to explore into that avenue if you happen to be a Pinterest expert and want to help me with that, shoot me a DM, let me know. Um, we are looking to expand the team and that would be amazing to add someone on to help us with that. Ooh. Yeah. Meredith, thank you so much. This was so fun. And I'm so happy that you put this book out and you know that you have been able to have such amazing shifts in your life. And you, you are truly someone who has flipped the script and now is doing something. You can just see the joy in your face talking about the things that you're doing and thankful for that gentleman who pointed out that you were dealing with that and it, it got you to go take some action and get the right help. And luckily somebody enlightened you as to what the fuck was going on with you. So- I know it's true. I feel so grateful every single day that there was someone so experienced to be able to spot it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just pray for people like that more in our life. Totally. Thank you. It was so great to connect. Where can people find you if they want to dive more into you at the Bivoya? Your- Bivoya is the, the best place. Put a lighthouse on the map. 
drop me a line. Yeah, absolutely. On Instagram as Bivoya, on Pinterest as Bivoya, like everywhere Bivoya. Amazing. You guys go check it out. We'll see you on the next episode of Unscripted. Giving back is easy. Leave Unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 